Since the dawn of time, mankind has searched for ways to shelter themselves from the elements. Over the centuries, these shelters have evolved from bamboo huts to concrete towers. The last few years, there's been a push to save the planet. Are you ready to embark on a more sustainable lifestyle? Look no further. You're about to enter the adventures of container home living. And now, contractor, radio and TV personality, and your host for Boxcar Universe, Steve Dubell. Hi, I'm Steve Dubell, host of Boxcar Universe, along with my co-host, Mel Alva. And we're here today, going to be talking with Dennis Roddenberg from Thermal Advantage. He is going to tell us why you should have foam-injected insulation in your container or traditional building, along with some of the great R values that you're going to be getting by doing foam insulation. Also joining us will be Alaska. She is our tiny home concierge, and we're going to be talking a little bit of design in 2023, and we're going to dive into some of those trends, wants, and desires for your cave, cabin, house, or container home. All that and more right here this week on Boxcar Universe, your home for container sustainable lifestyle living. And Mel, how are you today? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? We're just doing awesome here and glad to see that the rain has given us a reprieve so we can go outside and and shed our gill-slitted raincoats. How about the wind? <laughs> oh, Let's the wind yesterday the wind. was just unbelievable. I think I think Alaska had sent it from California, I think. I don't <laughs> know what it is. But yesterday I was on uh, on the freeway, and the wind was so bad, it just blew me into another lane almost. I mean, it, with my truck, and it was just—and I was ready. Because, you know, you, when you see that wind coming and you feel a movement, you kind of like stiffen up like, okay, I'm going to stay straight. Well, it didn't happen. It started moving me over. Thank God there was nobody next door. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty, pretty intense. Pretty intense. But we're going to be talking a little bit about, we want to just uh, get the show started with uh, a little bit of design talk. And then we're going to get into that, uh, you know, Dennis is going to answer that that question that Mel and I get hit with all the time. Okay. Well, you live in Arizona. How could you live in a container home? Isn't it hot, hot. in the metal container? <laughs> oh, hello. This is 2023. You know, we have a thing called insulation. And yeah. Dennis Rodberg is going to be talking to us a little bit about thermal, thermal advantage, his company. And uh, it, it's going to be uh, an interesting time right here, right here on Boxcar Universe. But Mel, why don't you take it away? Thanks, Steve. Well, first, I just want to uh, welcome the newest member to the Alva Interiors team, Johnny Baca, is here with me today. And uh, say hi, Johnny. Hello, everybody. It's our first time uh, on air, so uh, I think you'll get this down fairly quickly. But um, we are going to talk about a couple of design trends and uh, some of the things that I've noticed actually just going, you know, to the Vegas market. And I'm not sure if we had a chance, you know, Steve, to kind of chat about this before. And obviously you were with me out there. We got to tour the new American home. Um, but uh, there is one thing that has just been front and center at every you know, uh, manufacturer that we went to. It's this fabric boucle. I mean, we were Googling it, making sure we we're pronouncing it correctly as we were coming here, but I absolutely love it. Um, I'll probably take some pics. I'm going to be um, moving uh, to a different uh, location and um, I'll post some pictures of the interior of my own space as well. But it's this, uh, it almost kind of reminds me of like sheep fur. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but it's so interesting and it's, it comes in different colors. And of course I'm going to pick like a white off white color. Um, and you know, I know that people are really worried about that getting dirty, but, um, I don't care. <laughs> no one will be allowed to sit on it. I kid. Um, it's it's actually as long as you don't put plastic on it. Like well, in the old times, you know. I mean, no, we can't do that. They're making them now. Obviously, it's it's not a real animal fur, but you know, it, it's a performance fabric. So if you spill something, it gives you a little bit of time to go in there and wipe it up uh, before it will actually soak in. But. You know, I think some of the design trends right now, um, talking about that fabric, it's really interesting mixing it with, um, 
you know, the warmer tones from wood. And I'm still seeing a lot of the reclaimed looking pieces out there. Sometimes we're seeing live edge tables um, in a lot of the um, manufacturers that are out there. You're, you still have that mid-century modern flair that's going on that has more of the cleaner um, sanded wood pieces where it's more finished as opposed to a little bit more of that rustic look. Um, but it is out there. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because our little segment of Mel and Steve on the street, uh, I got to experience Sonoida over this past um, holiday weekend. And uh, Sonoida, Arizona, that is. And a lot of people, shockingly enough, don't actually know that this place exists. And I didn't know until you yeah. told me about it. Everyone's like, oh, you're going to Mexico. Where? I'm like, no, it's Arizona. It's really close to Mexico. Yes, there is a Sonoida, Mexico, but this is Sonoida, Arizona. And um, you've got Elgin right there. And uh, Patagonia is all kind of in that same little area. And it's uh, Arizona wines. I know uh, there are some vineyards out in Wilcox also, but... Um, I just absolutely love going down there and it makes you feel like you're in a different state, like the rolling hills. Um, you know, I think there's a short period where the grass is actually green. Do you have a golf course down there? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'll have to check. <laughs> I don't know. Dennis might know, but, um, you know, uh, anyway, there is a new vineyard. Well, two vineyards actually that kind of, um, that kind of stand out as far as architecture. And uh, Rune is uh, one, uh, very interesting. Uh, James is the owner there, and we're probably going to have him on the show. Uh, and the wine is great also. But there is a new uh, vineyard, uh, Steve, that's out there. And it is uh, called uh, Los Melix Vineyard. And the architecture is absolutely amazing. And from my understanding, it's a um, husband-wife team out of Scottsdale. And the core 10 metal structures that are, you know, in place as you're walking down to kind of get into the main area uh, is just stunning. And the way they have the building set up and, you know, being an architectural designer, I, I just literally hands down, it was the best find. Um, and I think in November, they are going to, um, they're building casitas or they're hoping that the casitas will be done because they'll have like little VRBOs. But um, they had an amazing spread. Uh, I actually had to order these little berries from Amazon. They're called caper berries. I was in love with it. So I'm like ordering stuff before I even get home. <laughs> but I can't wait. I'll take Nothing. some photos and we'll we'll put it up on our website, right? So everybody can see what we're talking about. But uh, we're going to have to make another trip out there. Nothing like, we don't want to skip a beat. Yes. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm telling you, you're going to love it. I can't wait for you to join next time. And maybe we can do some filming out there. Oh, and, that would uh, be great. I think you'll really enjoy it. So. Yeah, it would be great. Yeah. I, you know, for the most part, I, you know, I I obviously had gone down towards Nogales, down that way past Tucson. But, you know, for the most part, I didn't think that there was anything of value past past Tucson all the way except desert all the way to Nogales but 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 from what you're telling me there is a there's a whole lot to explore down there a whole lot yeah you're missing out honestly it's it it's just so amazing well we'll just have to have the tour yeah (laughs) yeah exactly so anyway but we're going to take a short break when we come back we're going to uh bring Alaska into our conversation and do a little more about interior design and then we're going to be getting into that uh that ageless question of how could you live in arizona in a metal can but don't go away you're listening to boxcar universe Quality of service, punctuality, and accountability. These ideals are what set Extra Mile Painting Company apart from other painting companies. In Arizona since 2015, Extra Mile has been servicing the valley, painting mainly residential and commercial projects. We're committed to bringing value to your paint projects by providing an estimate for you quickly, showing up on time consistently, and completing your project efficiently. 
By doing these things, our clients win, our workers win, and our company wins. We call this the triple win. Give us a call today for a free paint estimate at 602-521-2662. You can also find us on the web at extramilepaintingaz.com, as well as on Facebook and Yelp. We're Extra Mile Painting Company. If someone asks you to go a mile, go too. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Boxcar Universe right here in the beautiful Boxcar Universe studios here in uh, the Valley of the Sun, Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, Mel and I are here, and we're talking a little bit of design in 2023 and some of the great things that she experienced down in Sonoida, which I, now I, I just, it's on my bucket list, Mel. I have to go. You have we to. We have to go. It's just so pleasing to the eye, to the palate. I just can't tell you how happy I was. I think we just have to go down and shut off the cell phone. <laughs> well, it doesn't really work in many places anyway. Oh, well, so. <laughs> okay. Well, that ended that idea. Just put it, put, leave it in the suitcase. Yeah. Don't worry about it until we come back. Yeah, it doesn't really work. <laughs> but yeah, probably have to drive those 53 minutes back to Tucson to get a signal. <laughs> right, right. But uh, we want to bring into the mix, Alaska is here. She is our tiny, uh, tiny house concierge. And uh, Alaska, how are you doing? Well, thank you so much for having me on. This is always very exciting. Well, great. Love getting to talk to you too. Well, we're talking <laughs> a little bit of design this morning. And we wanted to bring you into the mix because then obviously you're big on designs and in the way of container uh, or a tiny home. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit what's going on in your life with uh, in the tiny house concierge business? Yeah, well, it's been great. I'm gearing up to go to Tiny Fest. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, tiny Fest California is going to be September or sorry, March. Wow. March. 11th and 12th in San Diego. And that's always a fun place to go for design inspiration because you get to see, you know, what everybody's trying out this season and what trends people are getting away from, what trends they're moving toward. Um, so it should be a good time. I'm I'm very excited for that. Well, that's great. And then talking a little bit about, did you, uh, did, were you listening to the little spot that Mel was talking about, Sonoida? Yes. Have you ever been down there? I have not, but it sounds fabulous. You totally had me sold. I'm telling you, I need to be like a spokesperson for them or something. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Have to call the governor's office and get you on board. On board the oh, we do. We could start a boxcar universe travel thing. Oh yeah, we could do a tiny fest, like a little uh, uh, train. uh, What do you call like a? I don't know. Caravan. That's the Caravan. word I was looking for. There you go. There you go. Tell us a little bit about this the design in your uh tiny home, Alaska. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I thought that it was interesting that you brought up Live Edge um earlier in like as kind of a compliment to the mid-century modern. And I actually just installed a live edge flip-up desk. Nice. So that's the that's the coolest current part. It's uh it was treated with food grade material, so I can actually use it as a work desk, or I can also use it as a flip down charcuterie platter and just put food directly on it, um, which I think is pretty cool. I'm I'm very excited about that. That is and awesome. yeah, the general general vibe I have going is very very warm natural materials. I've got a sheepskin rug going. Um, lots of, uh, just earth tones, olives, you know, beiges, crystals. We got all kinds of stuff going in there. Okay. I have a question. I have a question for Alaska and Mel. When we think about designing, you know, uh, for a tiny home or designing for, you know, a regular, you know, larger home. Okay. How important does decisions have to come into uh when it comes to well let's just say color for one does color affect which what you put in obviously different different things that you put in each you know scenario is going to affect 
the design of it, but what about color? Does color affect something in a small area or something in a larger area? How does that work? How does that, uh, how does that work? Well, I think I can chime in here, Alaska, and I want to hear your input on this, but uh, I think a tiny <laughs> space, obviously, um, you know, it's going to be different than a large scale, but I got to say color really does affect a person's mood. Um, you know, there is lots of theory within color. However, um, you know, it depends on the furnishing, Steve, that you're, you know, going to be using in that space. For instance, most people would say if you painted a room entirely black, it's going to feel extremely small. I see your face cringing. <laughs> no, black and design. Are you ready no. for this? But it you lose your perception of depth. So you think that a room is going to be smaller. I mean, the room is physically not shrinking. However, you also don't know where it starts and where it stops. So if you were to do a whole room in black, I'm just using this, right? Black's not really a color, by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, say everything in that room is white. The linens, the beds, the pictures. Now everything just pops. So you really could make a small space and use dark colors and really brighten that up. But I would say definitely mood can't, you know, the colors will affect people's moods. I mean, the elements outside affect people's moods all day long. You know, the the clouds, the rain, it can make people very depressed. And so I would say it really depends on the person. That's true. That is living in that space as to what you can handle. But um, I was, you know, for me, I think it's more of space planning and um, utilizing that space appropriately. Like, you know, Alaska was just saying that she has a fold-up desk that she could use also as a charcuterie board. That is a multi-use item. And in a small space, that is the way it needs to, you know, happen. You have to have that space planning to make sense for that space. Sure. Oh, and scale. Scale is a big thing. And I know based on the pictures that we've seen that are uh, in... uh... Alaska's home, there isn't anything, anything drab or something to drag you down of, you know, when you think about your, your demeanor for the, for the day when you wake up, it's bright, it's cheery, it's airy. So I think that says a lot. It's just like the person that lives there. What do you think, Alaska? Well, okay. I have to tell you, I was like holding my breath on the edge of my seat, waiting to hear what Mel was going to say about color. <laughs> because or I a little while ago, I took black contact paper. It's a faux leather contact paper. And I used it to cover uh, my stairs and also my closets. So I've been adding more and more black to the house. And I every time I do, I have this like, I don't like overwhelming feeling like, oh, somebody's going to come after me for this. (laughs) But let me ask you, do you love it? This is a big design sin. So I'm feeling very validated right now that someone with your talent and skill is telling me that black is okay. I'll tell you, don't be afraid. I mean, what's the worst case scenario? You repaint it or you recover it. But honestly, I don't be afraid of, of mixing things up. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Thank you. My ne- my next thing is the bathroom. I was I, if I get really crazy, I'm going to paint a, a dark green accent wall. I We're still it. on the fence about that one. I'm always a fan of ceilings. Don't forget about your ceilings, people. Ooh. Like that's just something that people always, you know, they kind of forget about. Lighting is huge. Obviously, it can make a break a space, but the ceiling portion of that, uh, I love doing fun laundry rooms where there is fun wallpaper up on the ceiling and it's that crazy punch that you walk in and you don't expect is going to be there. And, um, I'll have some, uh, photos of a, of a house that I designed. Um, and, uh, we'll have that up on the website for you to look at it. And we actually did a really fun wallpaper in there. Uh, and so you'll, you'll get to see what I'm referring to, but it's, it's just outside the box, you know, it's okay to do that in smaller rooms. If you want to have a little fun, like a powder room or a laundry room, something for you to enjoy. I think, I think, uh, with all the information that we've been sharing so far in the show today, I think it's important that anyone out there wanting to, you know, make changes in their home, or if you have a new home and design it, uh, if you are, shall we say, 
design challenged, you need to you need to you need to call Mel or have someone like Alaska, somebody who has experience in doing design work to help you kind of set the mood of your house. And Mel and I both always agree that, you know, your home should reflect the personality of the individual that lives there. And I think that's so, so important to do it from, um, especially, you know, if, if it's a new build from a, a design standpoint of the way you configure the whole house rooms and stuff to what goes into it, the furnishings, the, the artwork, you know, all of the colors, all that should be, um, you know, should be done correctly. And if you need help, don't feel afraid to not to reach out because uh, Mel is here. And, you know, uh, there are people all around the country that are fine designers that can actually help you make the right choices so that when you're done, you know, you spent your money wisely and you wake up in the morning and you're happy. That's right. And I think a lot of people have a fear that hiring a designer is just too expensive and, you know, they won't be able to afford it or, you know, maybe they nickel and dime everything. And at least for me, the way we work at Alva Interiors is, you know, we're, we're flat rate. Um, There is no, you know, markups, there's no um, adding, you know, profit to uh, things that I can even save my clients money on. So uh, I think that's the benefit is just being able to be transparent and in, in keeping that straightforward. But um, the the value that you get from it is it's just amazing. And I think people just need to get over that little bit of that hurdle. But um, thanks for saying that, Steve. I appreciate that. Hey, absolutely. And uh, I'll ask it before we wrap up the segment. Uh, I want you to share a little bit of information because uh, for those Listeners who haven't heard you on our show before, you, besides being the uh, tiny house concierge for and the, and the uh, spokesperson at Tiny Fest this year, uh, you also do blogs. So anybody, I, anybody in, you know, looking to have blogs written, Alaska is your gal. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Yes, I I love this lifestyle so much that my friends and family cut me off. They told me you can only say tiny house, you know, X amount of times when you see us. So I had to find another outlet to continue talking about tiny homes because I just won't shut up. So um, <laughs> <laughs> blogging has been a, a great opportunity to, you know, turn my hobby and my passion um, into a career option. So I do write for a number of people uh, in the tiny home industry. Some of that is publicly as myself, um, although a lot of that is is ghost written content. So kind of behind the scenes, and I enjoy both. I cannot get enough tiny house. Well, there you go. See, see that's what somebody yeah. who lives and breathes what they love to do. I love it. So kind of like what Mel and I do. <laughs> that's for yeah. sure. Alaska, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. And uh, once you give out your contact information for those of you who would like to contact Alaska and uh, get some uh, tiny house pointers. Yes, thank you. Uh, You can find me on my website, www.tinyhouseconcierge.com. You can also find me on Instagram and YouTube at tiny house concierge. All right. Great. Alaska. Thank thanks, you so much. Thanks so much. And uh, up there and, you know, it's, uh, it's still a little bit winter, so stay warm. I pray that the sun comes out for you. <laughs> Make sure. Uh, snowing right now, but, oh, I, but I appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> All right. Be careful on the road. I got some friends up in Portland there. I got, saw some video this morning and they are out there out. They Power was out. They were driving on the road. It looked pretty ugly. It reminded me of living in Chicago for six years. And just, it's tundra season. That's what it is. Yep. Yep. All right. Thank you both. This was so fun. All right. Thank you. Take care. We'll see you soon. See you soon. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Dennis Roddenberg from Thermal Advantage. And we're going to find out about... uh, his business and how he can help you and uh, some of the uh, information that we could share with you. I know Dennis has done some stuff for me in the past with some of my clients' homes when we did some infrared work. And you'd be surprised what's hiding behind your walls or not hiding behind your walls. And that's the thing that Dennis could be able to help you with. So I want to 
to hang in there and you're listening to Boxcar Universe. Alva with Alva Interiors and co-host of Boxcar Universe. As a professional interior designer with over 22 years experience, I'm excited to bring my knowledge to the Boxcar Universe show. As a full-service interior design studio, we see your designs from the conceptual phase through to the styling and furnishing of your home. At Alva Interiors, our team approaches every design project with a fashion meets design sense to execute timeless interiors style that makes a statement. You can find us on the web at alvainteriorsaz.com, on Facebook at alvainteriorsaz, and on Instagram at alvainteriors. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Boxcar Universe, and uh, I want to thank Alaska again for being on the show, our tiny house concierge, and, uh, you know, we've got some special people that we like to have on the show uh, every now and then to bring in a little different aspect of what we're we're talking about, and obviously getting, you know, we're here, we're approaching the end of February, Mel, I don't know where the time has gone, it's going to be March before you know it. And people are going to be starting thinking about, you know, when it starts to warm up their home design, how am I going to change? What am I going to change to make it a little bit different to better enjoy their living area? And uh, design is actually one aspect of it. When you get into the physicalness of the building structure itself, whether it's a container or if it's a home, you find that uh, a lot of times people ignore certain things like for instance maybe what their electrical bill is because maybe their home isn't insulated as well as it should be and just because you may have a new build or even if it's an older home you know you you start getting those electrical bills some people don't like to address those more uh intense things that you need to do in your home and one of them is possibly adding more insulation to your home and our uh Insulation expert is here with us. Dennis Roddenberg from Thermal Advantage is here to be talking a little bit about how can I keep my cave warm, (laughs) game cabin, house, or container. Dennis, welcome to the show today. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Steve. Good to be with you. All right. Great. Why don't you uh, tell our little listeners a little bit about your business and uh, how it got started and uh, some of your services? Very good. Well, I started in 1998. And it was the second insulation business that I owned. But we specialize now in the injection of a non-expanding, non-toxic foam insulation that primarily goes in block walls, whether it's new construction or retrofitting into older buildings, older homes. So we do Walmarts, uh, schools, shopping centers that are block, and then we do a lot of existing homes that are of block construction. Okay, and then how do you find when people, um, do they actually just have a feeling that their house is too warm, or how, how, do, how do your customers come to you that they think they, they're lacking insulation in their walls? Almost every one of our customers, when I do the estimate, they complain of certain parts of the home being hot in the summer and cold in the winter, and it's not balanced out. And the reason is because the block itself is only an R2 or 3, so it's very minimal insulation value. And we give them R11 uh, is the average R value when we've completed our job. So it's five times the R value, and so now the house is more of an even temperature throughout. So you're not adjusting the thermostat because you're living in one part of the house, but then someone's sleeping in another part of the house, and it just makes the house quieter, more comfortable, less dust, fewer pests, and so forth. You know, I think that's all, that's so important, you know, and when we talk about the comfort of your home and how to keep it warm in the winter and cool in the summer, 
it's not always just one thing because everything affects something else. If your air conditioner is working right in the summer and you get those hot spots, yes, it's important to get your 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 airflow balanced. But on the other hand, too, um, are the walls doing their job? And sometimes, sometimes having um, an inspection and a actually a thermal inspection to be able to see where the hot and cooler spots in the wall obviously help. You know, I was talking during the uh, during the break, and Dennis had helped me with a client several years ago that was complaining of exactly that same problem, where their front bedroom was extremely warm, even with fans on and the air conditioning, and you know they didn't want to keep you know turning up the air conditioning just to try and cool off one room, in the most part. But uh, when we double checked and did. Uh, a thermal check of what, how much insulation was in that front room found out that there was, there were gaps and that's where the heat was penetrating too. So um, you have to think about all those things. And, uh, but when we were talking a little bit about earlier about that question that Mel and I get hit with about, well, how do you live in a container? It's metal. And then you live in Arizona. You know, I think they forget that there is insulation and insulation could be done. And it's not just a metal container. It's, you wouldn't create a living area without insulation. I mean, it's just something that kind of goes hand in hand with, with all the other building facets of, of doing a home, you know, and I think that's it. Um, is all your business residential or is there some commercial and, um, how, what what are the things that obviously you you have a business that's in California too? Um, any difference between the two areas and how uh, the wants and needs of the residents are? There's quite a difference in Southern California. Almost all of our work is in stud frame homes, and it's either a home that was poorly insulated because they don't have the big temperature swings that we have here. Or it's an older home that doesn't have any insulation. Insulation in stud cavities really didn't become popular in the United States till after sometime after World War II. So if the house was built in the 50s and, and earlier, it probably has no insulation in the walls. And the other factor is more and more people are installing air conditioning in these older homes. So my way of thinking of the home, if you're going to pay to have the home air conditioned or heated, you're you're much better off if the house, of course, is properly insulated. So that's another thing that drives our market in those areas. Yeah, that, that would definitely do it. Older homes, obviously, you know, growing up, I mean, I when I was a kid, they didn't have central air conditioning or it was just starting to come, it started becoming and being put in homes. But for the most part, I remember my dad every year, you know, in the springtime, he'd put the air conditioners in the window. And in the wintertime, he would, you know, in the fall, he would take them out because you did, you just didn't need them. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, well, it's not a question of fashionable. It's not that good, but it wasn't necessary to keep them in there. So he would take them out and put them in when they were needed. But, uh, the the air quality of what goes into it is also going to be important when you think about hot and cold because sometimes you know when if, if areas are too hot uh people get fatigued and you never know what is coming through you know you know from the walls from the windows from the doors so i think trying to keep the outside elements out completely is is so is so very important how how uh prevalent is when you talk about commercial buildings in the way of uh are we talking high rises or are we talking you know warehouses or what do you find are the most uh important areas that your company covers in in the commercial side well our material is specified in all of the walmarts across the united states uh, and in all the grocery stores, uh, generally in any school that's built that's made out of block. And in these buildings, our foam insulation is the only wall insulation in the entire structure. There's some type of ceiling or roof insulation. But as far as the walls goes, ours is the only 
product that is specified for the block walls. Okay. Now, is this the same as with some people putting, they either put open cell or closed cell in, they spray it in the cavities of the wall when they do an actual build? That's a, an option that people have. Now, our product is about 80% closed cell, and it's really designed and engineered for a retrofit application. So we don't do a lot of new construction because in residential because there isn't that much residential block being built on, on a new home basis. So our commercial work is block either 8-inch or 12-inch blocked, and our most of our residential work is retrofitting older homes, including stud cavity homes, uh, like the one that we did for mm -hmm. you. Uh, there's a lot of stud cavity homes. They have insulation in them, but some of it's missing or it was installed in a very sloppy manner, and it's just not up to today's standards. So we can augment that and fill in the gaps or, because our foam doesn't expand just by making a small hole and pumping in a few seconds of insulation into a stud cavity we can upgrade that to where the home is really nice and comfortable. So when it goes in, it doesn't expand into the area. You just fill it. Zero expansion. So Zero it's expansion. strictly installed by our hydraulic pressure, and we're monitoring how it, that fills the cavity. And then we do the uh, complete patching, and if necessary, the painting. We warranty, we guarantee that the homeowner is happy with how the finished product blends into their existing home. That's oh, that's good. Mel brought up a a, a question earlier about um, doing doing attics, and there are only certain applications that you can do that because of the nature of the product. Tell our listeners about that. So, mostly in the uh, Tucson and Sierra Vista area, there's a lot of homes that have a slope ceiling. I call it a raftered ceiling, and it just has a very minimal amount of ceiling insulation. Usually, it's bats. And we can access those small cavities from the outside near the vents where there's uh, ventilation. There's a picture of it on being done on our website, thermaladvantage.com. And in those cases, we can do a nice job of bringing that, the ceiling insulation up to a modern standard. But if, it, if the attic space is such that it can be crawled in, our product isn't really engineered for that. We we refer them to a, someone that does a blow-in application of cellulose or fiberglass. Okay, and there's no there's no conflict between between the different products no. at all because they they never really touch. Our our material is completely inert. It's green okay. and completely inert. There's no odor. It doesn't react with anything. So we we have no there's there's nothing that we corrode in the house. We don't even turn the breakers off when uh, we go into a house. We don't shut down computers. We just install the foam. Occasionally, sometimes the foam comes out through outlets and such, depending on how conscientious the, the trades were, the, the plumber, the drywaller, the plaster, when they built the home. But our foam is a water base, and it really doesn't stick and stain anything. In 25 years, we've gotten our foam insulation on virtually everything conceivable. And it cleans up very easily. Well, that's pretty good. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to have more with Dennis and a couple of more questions we've got for him. And uh, some questions we hope that you will ask if your home has been, you know, obviously we're coming back into summer. If you live in the, in the Southwest and it's an area that's going to get hot and, you know, 110 or plus degrees here in Arizona is something that, you have to deal with. And if you want to start working on certain areas, insulation is a great, great place to start. So we're going to talk to Dennis a little more about that and uh, want everybody to hang tight. We'll be right back. You're listening to Boxcar Universe. Updating your flooring, shower, or backsplash can be stressful. But when you have the right company involved, that process becomes easier. Reyes Tile is a family-owned and operated business that has served the Valley for over 15 years. They specialize in residential, commercial, and multifamily projects. 
Their main focus is on all types of flooring, backsplash, and showers. Eduardo Coronado, owner of Reyes Tile, can be reached at 602-384-6825. On Instagram at Reyes.TileLLC. Reyes Tile. Excellence in flooring. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Boxcar Universe right here, and we are talking with Dennis Roddenberg from Thermal Advantage. And uh, one of the other things that we wanted to bring up that Dennis does with his company is obviously he uh, his foam can actually control the sound that um, go between rooms. And, uh, Mel, you brought up a very good uh, example of that during the break. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I have a contractor that uh, we're working with, and he uh, had phoned me and said, "Hey, I need some uh, help and some advice on on what we should do." Um, they're working on a commercial building, and the first floor, uh, you know, Dennis, like I was saying during the break, uh, is a gym, and above that is, uh, I think it's a charter school of some sort. But it sounds like uh, most of the the people that rent in this um, plaza, you could literally hear just conversations. It, it doesn't have to be music playing or it's loud. So there's a major sound issue there. Uh, but when we were chatting during the break, you had brought that up. And I would just love for our listeners to to hear that, um, you know, this is something that you do. And, and like you were saying, whether it's condos, you do that a lot. And let me tell you, I live in a high rise. So I can relate. You literally can hear full on everything, good and bad. Um, <laughs> it's a huge issue. We, we did an interesting job a few years ago at a real estate office in uh, Scottsdale. And these, these young guys are real estate salesmen for investors. And they get extremely loud and aggressive on the phone with the investors. So the whole, everyone's office could hear everyone else's conversation. Oh, wow. So we went in over a weekend and we addressed the manager's offices. And we did, we addressed the ceilings and the walls. Job went very well. Monday morning, nine o'clock, they called us to do the rest of the, the building, to do the rest of the offices. That's amazing. Yeah, How? So, let me ask you something. How hard would it be for you to come in? Uh, say you live in um, a condo or like a high rise, you know, like I do and or the business that I'm talking about where it's a double story. Right. So it's the first floor, second floor. How hard is that for you to kind of plug and play? Basically, I'm assuming in my head I have this vision of what that looks like. Tell me tell me what that would look like for somebody that like me, where you live in a multifamily unit. Now, agreed, obviously, if it's an apartment complex, you're going to have to get approval or go through management for that. But if you own, you know, your unit and it's a condo, then, and maybe that's a little different situation, but tell, tell everybody a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, we do a lot of, uh, the demising walls between units, mm -hmm. the, the common wall. And usually it just consists of a small drywall repair. We make one inch holes in the drywall strategically, which we try to keep to a minimum for obvious reasons. And then we install our foam and our foam is partially open cell. So it, it's made to absorb that, that sound wave. Right. So it all depends. The, the effectiveness depends in large part on the age of the unit and how, what's in there currently. If they didn't do anything to address sound, obviously you're going to get a lot more benefit. But the older the unit is, the less people thought of, gave thought to this during construction. So we've done some in high rises here in Phoenix. Uh, we do a lot at the, in condos or apartment buildings in between units that are either block walls in between units or framed walls. And sometimes people will live in a unit for many years and it's not an issue. And then a neighbor moves in and they just don't like the music that they play in, in the middle of the night. So it suddenly it's an issue and, and it's a huge lifestyle. Issue it could be, it could be an issue in the middle of the night, <laughs> yeah. depending on, depending, maybe the guy works, maybe the guy works, uh, 
or sleeps during the day, works at night. You know? Let me tell you Maybe, something. Could that be Colin? Maybe it was <laughs> Colin. Listen, Colin. You make a noise, Colin, in the middle of the night. We're going to make right. a joke about this, but let's just say when you have a wall that you share, <laughs> you can hear everything. And then you leave the same time for work in the morning. It's really hard to look at your neighbor in the eye when you're getting in that elevator and you're like, I know what you did last night all night long. No, it's like you walk outside. What was that song? Wasn't me. Yes, Johnny. It's it's like that. Let me tell you, I'll, I'll say this. And Dennis, you didn't get to hear this, but I have three sons. And uh, one day I, I came home and uh, they're taller than me. Thank goodness. Um but uh, I walk in and I see a outline of an ear on the glass on the mirror, <laughs> and I I'm like, why is that? Is that a ear mark? <laughs> and then I wonder I, how that got yes, there. Yes, and so I call the kids over here. Get over here. Whose ear is this? And of course, it's um, you know, I won't give away the child. But uh, he's like, well, you know, mom, uh, it was pretty loud over there, and you know kind of put his ear up and uh, let's just say the neighbor had to insulate uh but i don't think he used it may have been one of our jobs you know we we, we uh take care of that not just music all, all i'm gonna leave your card with my building because i'll tell you it's 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 quite a I bit i have to take one myself for my building yes it, it is the same i mean you can hear they have a dog above me and you can let literally hear the dog running back and forth every night at about 1130. It gets the zoomies. Oh my God. So it's like, what the heck? You know, you would think, and it's actually a fairly newer place. So you would think that their insulation would be on point right now. No, oh, no. I don't think so. No. Especially multifamily, right? It's like, mm-hmm. our building was built back in the sixties. So, you know, the floors between floors, it's concrete, right? But the dividing walls between units are not right. and that's they're where probably you... just metal studs yes that's it yeah i don't think there's any insulation Ooh, i think it's just drywall i think we'll get dan out there with the infrared gun can i ask you something real quick on that does it affect your neighbor say i want to do it in my unit does it affect the neighbor on the other side we, Could we usually it... tell people what we're doing and that way if they would happen to have any pictures hanging on the wall that may have holes in them or Sometimes there's a vibration when we're drilling the holes. Gotcha. We want them to know about it. Is there it. anything coming out of those holes? Like, I, I'm just envisioning in my head, I'm like, is stuff going to come out of the outlets? And, you know, you've got these little things kind of popping everywhere. It, I'm just curious, does us- that happen? Usually not in the situation like in, where you're living. We have that more on a block home where some of the insulation, our foam insulation will ooze past the electrical box and the block wall. Gotcha. But on uh, a situation where there's drywall on the other side, I don't think that we've ever, ever had a problem with that. I don't. I don't think we've ever done that. But we do like to know. We do like the neighbors to know what we're doing. You sure. know, and it's going to help them too. How do these guys have? Like, is this on a truck? Is it on your back? How do you get up? Curiosity. Now I'm excited about this. How do you get up in a high rise? We do it different ways. Um, we did some work at a U-Haul building here downtown. Their yeah. world headquarters is, is right built. next to my place. Oh, is it? <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. Maybe the same architect. Okay. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> that one we did uh, on a weekend and we got our equipment close to the outside and we hoisted it, the, the nozzle, not the equipment, but we hoisted the nozzle and the hoses up through an opening in a window and we did pretty extensive soundproofing in there. How many stories can you go up? Uh, um, we're set up to probably do around eight right now. What level are you on? Currently 22. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll take a little extra. It will be, adjusted. I'll be moving and I think I'll be in your safe zone, okay. but, um, just, uh, good to know. I mean, Hey, yeah. the things you have to go through when you live in a, in a big building like this, uh, guess what? Here's another thing. Carpet cleaners. They can't do over a certain amount of floors. Do you have a freight elevator? No, it's just a, it's a little larger. That's what they consider their freight elevator. Okay. It's not a real one, but uh, yeah. Now, yeah, so, they put a pad on the wall. They no, call it a right, freight elevator. Exactly. They sure do, Steve-O. You've been there. So, you know, I mean, these, uh, I was talking to a guy. He said, no, we have to wear the the hot packs on the back and that's how they do it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the things you don't think about, right? 
But sorry, I just thought I'd ask because, yes, I will be calling. There, yeah. there are um, units. One of my counterparts in, um, in another state has a small unit that's on a pallet. And he uses it on high rises in the really? Dallas Fort Worth area. So something like that might be an option. Interesting. If yeah. there's a carpet cleaner out there that's listening yeah. that has answers for me, reach out because uh, I'd be interested to talking to you here very soon. That's really good. <laughs> but she's, you know, as he said, you know, insulation has a lot of different uh, benefits. So it's something that if you do need. You know, so if you do have a soundproof issue, obviously, I know when I built my home several years ago, I put I put insulation in all the interior walls because for that exact same reason, I wanted to try and minimize noise from room to room, as well as obviously I went, you know, I went a little overboard up in the attic because I did not just when I did bad insulation, I did the underside of the roof plus the lid on top. So I I actually had double wow trying to minimize the reason for that was not so much for sound, but for heat. So uh, again, trying to keep the heat out and the elements uh, in, in the summertime when I think in uh, Arizona, you know, we have some cold mornings, but I think, uh, I mean, think, uh, well, at least in the Phoenix area, we came down, I think it must've gotten down to about freezing, you know, but uh, other parts of our, of our state up North. I mean, even today we were talking about it, it's snowing up in Flagstaff. So it gets to be cold. So it's better to be prepared to get the insulation done when you know you need to do it and then you won't have to worry about it again. So it'll, it'll keep the elements out. Dennis, tell our listeners how they can contact you. Our website is very informative. It's thermaladvantage.com and our office number is 480-705-5757. That's great. And then, uh, again, check out the website. You can contact Dennis. And, uh, again, uh, he's got many testimonials. I am one of them, and I will guarantee you that my customer uh, that he did in the past just was completely and totally happy with it, and he knew that uh, that the heat is going to stay out now a whole lot better and that the, the those hot spots are just not there anymore. So, but we're going to make sure that this gets over to Mel's place. Yes, please. Thank you. Got to get take care of that. <laughs> I'm excited. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Boxcar Universe. We are your source for cutting-edge information on container homes and container pools. Let Mel and I design and build your dream container home. Don't forget, you can always email us at boxcarliving at gmail.com and steve at boxcaruniverse.com. Boxcar Universe can be heard weekly on any podcast player. And always remember, let us containerize your lifestyle.